My name's Travis Sims, and I am the founder and CEO of AGC Accelerated Global Connections. And this is the AGC Experience. Banner season. It's about mailboxes, not inboxes. Building better relationships has never been easier. Using our platform, you can easily send a card and personalized gift to anyone with a simple tap or click. Or fully automated. Stop the digital overload and do something that will mean so much more. Banner season is the easiest way to wow people and the way for you to really get their attention. Develop stronger relationships, increase revenue, and improve your retention. You know you've reached an entirely new level when you inspire customer referrals and you don't have to consistently ask for them. For more information, contact Bo Young at 320-249-1576 or go to betterappreciation.com. Welcome, our speaker, Chris Natsky. Thanks so much, Travis, and Happy New Year to the AGC universe. We're certainly coming off of probably what, at least in my lifetime, is the most challenging of years that I've ever experienced, and it may have been for you as well. But one of the things I know when we are dealing with challenges is though though they may be difficult for us when we're going through them, when we look at them in retrospect, and also when we take a look at the person that we become as a result of going through those challenges, oftentimes they can become amazing gifts for us. But it all depends on how we look at those challenges and how we choose to navigate through them with power, passion, and purpose. So that's what I want to share with you in my message today. Now, Travis has already shared that I, I, my background is in martial arts, but I thought just to kind of give you a, a good idea of what I want to share with you, I'll give you a little bit more of my background. I started my martial art training back in 1973. I was a short little chubby kid, and I was enamored with a TV show at the time called Kung Fu. And for those of you that are mature enough to remember that, that was Kwai Chain Kane, the Shaolin monk who was walking across the American desert. The bad guys would try to beat him up, and he'd take care of him using his kung fu. And when you're 10 years old, it's the coolest thing you've ever seen in your life. And I literally begged my mom to let me go to my first class. And I remember it like it was yesterday. These people with these amazingly powerful moves. And, and when I saw it, I felt like I came home. And about three years after that, I would meet a man that would change my life forever. In fact, he's still my instructor to this day. His name is Grandmaster J.K. Lee. Now, Grandmaster Lee had recently moved from South Korea. He had hardly a dime in his pocket. He had a very limited use of the English language, but he had this burning desire to transform lives through martial arts. And one of the first times I was in his class, I was seated in the corner of the room and my legs were spread wide and I was stretching out, getting ready for the, the day's training. And that's when it happened. He walked onto the mat like he always did with this amazing power, this amazing presence. And he began surveying all the students on the mat. And pretty soon I realized his eyes were staring directly at me. And before I could move a muscle, he had come over and sat down in front of me. And he put his right foot on the inside of one leg, his left foot on the inside of the other. He grabbed the ends of my belt, and with one push-pull, he split me out to 180 degrees. Now, I learned two, two very important lessons that day. Number one is anyone, yes, anyone on the planet can do the splits one time. But the thing that really stayed with me over these last four decades is when he looked me in the eye and he said to me in his broken English, he said, I will make you a champion. 
I will make you a champion. Now, when you're 13 years old, all you think about is medals and trophies and the Olympic glory. And I literally glided home to tell my parents what he had said. But when I examined that time in my life that was so important, you know, four and a half decades ago, I realized that he wasn't just teaching me about the importance of being a champion in the ring. He was talking about being a champion in life. How we could, you know, have a, have a purposeful vision for our life and that we're able to use that to empower us as we move through obstacles. How we could move through those obstacles with a grace and a presence that's powered by our passion for wanting to make a difference. And then finally, it's being able to take action, purposeful action, so we can make our impact on the world. And that's what I want to share with you today. See, we have a saying in martial arts is that a champion doesn't need to be told what to do. They just need to be reminded. And that isn't just recollection. That's about changing our mindset so we can deal with challenging times in the best way we can. So let's first talk about what it means to have a purposeful vision. You know, it's often been said that without a vision, the people will perish. You know, and for me, a vision is what gets me up in the morning. It's what gets me to come here and share my message with you today. And I think you'll agree that when we have a vision in mind and we focus on the positive elements of that vision, the things that help us expand and grow and excite us, we start seeing more of those opportunities in our life. Conversely, when we just focus on the challenges ahead of us and the ways that that vision is being held back from us, we start seeing more of those obstacles as well. In fact, I have a little game I want you to play with me. I'm assuming that most of you are sitting at home watching this and you're in a familiar space. If you're driving, just listen to this. Don't do this exercise. But if you're in your office or whatever, I want you to look around the room right now and notice everything that you see. That's the color blue. Blue shirt, blue pen, blue notebook. Go ahead and notice everything you see that's the color blue. All right, now play with me on this. Close your eyes and in your, your mind's eye, I want you to recollect five things that you saw that were the color green. Okay, open your eyes up. The talk is much better with that, but here's the deal. You understand what I'm saying. When you were focused on blue, you didn't even see green. You see, the power of our mind is incredible. And when we focus on things, we open up opportunities for ourselves. You know, think about it this way. Have you ever wanted a new car? And when you got really clear on the make, model, and maybe even color of that car, did you start seeing more of them on the road? And if you didn't see them on the road, you saw them in advertising, on the internet, in magazines. See, it's a part of our brain called the reticular activating system. And when we lock in on something, our brain begins to focus us and put us in the direction of what we're seeking. The first time that ever happened in my life that I remember, I was a senior in college. I was at Northwestern University in Chicago. I was a football player there. And uh, I, was, I had gotten married between my junior and senior year of college. So one day, I came home to have lunch with my new bride, and she gave me news that would change my life forever. She said, guess what? We're going to be parents. And I did what any 21-year-old would do. I said, yes, I'm going to be a dad, followed very closely by, oh, my God, I'm going to be a dad. And when I left the house that day, what do you think I saw everywhere? Well, I think most of you would say babies, but that's not what I saw. I saw pregnant ladies, man. They were waddling all over the place. It was like a spaceship came down. They're going to take over the planet. You see, but they were always there before. They were always there before. I just didn't have the eyes to look for them. So when you're moving through challenging times, how are you able to focus on your real vision and your intentions so that you can move beyond the chatter and the obstacles that are in front of you? 
And really, how do you do that? Well, the, the first thing that we want to do is we want to make sure that that vision for us comes from our heart. It's something that really excites us. It's not something we're just doing because we think we're supposed to or because we can make money doing it. And not to say that money is bad, but it's something that really drives us. Number two, it's something that uh, we have a very, very clear vision of. It may not end up that way perfectly, but when we have a vision, it moves us toward our goal. And then finally, and probably most importantly, it's something we become on the inside before it ever happens on the outside. Let me say that again. It's something we become on the inside before it ever happens on the outside. You know, about a decade ago, I did a, um, a month-long intensive leadership conference in Southern California. So it was a 28-day 28 28-day um, workshop that was with people all over North and South America, all coming together for this workshop. And one of the first days of this 28-day uh, program, the facilitator walked in the room. He paused. He looked around. He said, you know, I can almost guarantee that most of you are living your lives a little backwards. I thought that was interesting. I got my pen ready to take some notes. And he said, most of you in this room are living your lives from a perspective of have, do, be. Have, do, be. When I have enough money, then I'll do what I want to do and I'll be happy. Anyone relate to that? When I have more time, then I'll do the things, uh, I, I'll do the things I told my kids I would do and I'll be a better dad. Or when I have more customers, then I'll do the expansion of my business and I'll be successful. And it's not to say any of those things on the outside are bad, but the fact of the matter is, this facilitator told us, is that people who have really got it going, that are feeling power and expansion and success in all areas of their life, they turn those words around. And they look at life from a perspective of be, do, have. Be, do, have. If you want to be more courageous, more collaborative, more proactive, start being that way. Then do the things that support that way of being, and then you can have what you want. So as you begin this new year, my challenge for you is, is what is your vision? How clear is it for you? And then importantly, how can you be so that you can make sure that becomes a reality? Let's move on to my second point. My second point is this idea of having conscious persistence. Conscious persistence. Now, many of us have gotten to where we are right now because we are very persistent in our nature and we've really worked hard to where we wanted to go. But how often are we doing that unconsciously? And if you don't think you are, think about the last time you left a meeting, you drove 30 to 40 minutes home, you were driving up into your driveway and you had no idea how you got home because you were so wrapped up in other things in your mind. See, as leaders in our own lives, we want to make conscious choices and be persistent about the things that can really grow and expand us. You know, I've had the opportunity to, to teach over 1,200 students uh, to the level of black belt in the martial arts, 1,200. And I can think of only two of those that the first time I met them, they had everything it took to be a black belt. They had power, confidence, flexibility, tenacity, only two. But yet, 1,198 still made it. And why is that? Because they just kept showing up. They kept showing the grit that it took to make it to that black belt. And in martial arts, we have a saying, is that a black belt is a white belt that never quit. A black belt is a white belt that never quit. Now, so much of the way we're going to experience life is going to be about the questions we ask ourselves. In fact, it's often been said that the quality of our lives is in direct proportion to the qualities of questions we ask ourselves. 
I want to share with you five questions that I use in my own life, as well as when I'm coaching my own life leadership uh, clients when they're going through challenging times. And these are five basic questions that you can use in almost any type of challenging situation that I believe has the power to move you through it. And the first one is this, is when you're dealing with challenges, is ask yourself, what's really happening? What's really happening? Now, what do I mean by that? Many times when we have things that knock us off course, or we have obstacles, we have difficulties in relationships, et cetera, we begin to get agitated, and that's a natural reaction. And, and fear comes in, and that's natural too. And it's okay to have that. But then once you let that dissipate, ask yourself, what's really happening here? Get out of the story of what's happening, and what are the facts? Because when you get really clear about the facts, then you're able to deal with the situation with power, purpose, and presence. Question number two is, what wants to happen here? You know, each one of us probably had a very distinct plan moving into 2020. I know for myself as a professional speaker, I was off to my best start ever, um, and then all of a sudden COVID hit. And what I needed to learn to do, as we all did it, is we had to pivot. And I had to say, what wants to happen here? And so then I was able to take my business from being live presentations, I'd had to pivot to doing virtual presentations. That's kind of what wanted to happen. And I had a good friend tell me in 2020, something I want to share with you. He said, we need to be stubborn in our goals, but flexible in our methods. So what wants to happen here? And then question number three. Question number three, what do I or we, assuming you're, you're leading a team or an organization, what do we need to keep doing? Each one of us gets to a point of success because we're doing some things that are really serving us. We're doing things that, that in, inject power and intention into our purposes. So what are the things you need to keep doing? I mean, sometimes when we have obstacles, we want to totally scrap everything, but there are some positive things for us to keep doing. But then the fourth question is, what do I or what do we need to stop doing? There may be things that we're doing that are totally unconscious. And we've done them that way just because we've always done them that way. When you are dealing with challenge, sometimes the best thing you can do is take a step back, take a breath, and objectively look to see things that you can stop doing. Number five is, what do we need or what do I need to start doing? Are there new ways of dealing with problems? Are there new ways to inject and practices and strategies into our business and our lives that we can utilize so that we can expand, even though we're probably in some of our most challenging times. And then finally, and probably most importantly, always know that it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to ask for help. Some of the best leaders I know are those that when they're up against it, they're vulnerable enough to ask for help, whether it's people that are their peers or they're the people that they're currently leading. That humanity brings a connection and it brings together people in a team. So there are my five questions for you, my friends. So now let's move on to my last element, and that is taking inspired action. You know, we can learn all this great stuff, and I'm assuming many of you leaders are readers, right? So you read a bunch, and it's not that you are at a loss for information on how to move through challenging times, but oftentimes it's about not being able, it's not taking action around that. And I think it was the, the former L.A. Dodgers manager, Tony LaRusso, that said, there are three types of people in this world. There's people that make things happen. There's people that watch things happen. And then there's people that look around and say, what just happened? So the fact of the matter is, is who do you want to be? And when we think about this, when we're dealing with challenges, what is really oftentimes our biggest obstacle? 
It's really our obstacle of fear. We're in the unknown. We don't know what steps to take. And that fear comes in different ways. It's certainly the fear of failure, but sometimes it's the fear of discomfort, of moving into things that will stretch and grow us that we're not aware of. Or maybe, maybe it's even the fear of success. So any of you out there warriors? I didn't say warriors. I said warriors. I'm one of those. It was something I, I guess I learned from my parents that when problems came about, it's just a natural reaction for me to worry. But one of the things I learned several years ago is I read about a study by a doctor named Dr. Robert Leahy. And he had this book and a study he did called The Worry Cure. The Worry Cure. And what he did is he brought a bunch of subjects together and he had them write down in detail all the things they were worried about happening in the upcoming 30 days ahead. Problems with relationships, with finances, with career, with health. He said, write everything down that you have. And then he had them turn in the list and he said this. Go live your lives normally now. Don't make any major changes. Don't move away or anything, but just live your normal life and come back in about 32 or 33 days. Well, when they did that, this is what they found. 85% of the things they wrote down that they were worried about never happened. 85%. Now, I know what some of you are thinking, though. 15% did, right? But of those 15% of things that did, 79% of those things Either A, happened, and people said they weren't as bad as they thought they'd be, or B, they were happy that they did happen because they actually learned from them. So for you math majors out there, what that means is, is 97% of the things that they worried about, either A, never happened, or they weren't as bad as they thought they'd be. So my question for you is, in challenging times and in the times ahead, what would you do differently knowing that to be true? What conversations would you have? What risks would you take? What elements of your business would you open up into if you knew that to be true? Now, we all know, though, that doing that requires us to get out of our comfort zones, right? And the comfort zones sometimes, you know, we hear about those all the time, right? And I think sometimes they get a bad rap. I mean, after a long day of work and I want to sit in my recliner and read a book or watch Sports Center, that's in being in my comfort zone. But what it doesn't mean is pitching a tent there or building a four-bedroom house. It means about getting out of that comfort zone because on the other side of that, that's where our growth and expansion is. But you see, what's so interesting about that is many of us, when they, we want to move out of that comfort zone, we tend to do it in these massive ways that we can't sustain. So you know, let's say you're, you've been sedentary for a while and you want to start working out. What you do is you say, oh, I'm going to go to the gym six days a week, two hours at a time. And what happens is it's such a shock to the system is we can't maintain it. And we go to what I call the panic zone. And when we go to the panic zone, it snaps us back like the rubber band stretching too far. The secret is, is going to what I call the stretch zone the stretch zone. And what that basically means is, is, is just making small incremental steps, but doing consistently each and every day. In fact, think about 1%. What if you just got 1% better at something each and every day during the course of 2020? What would happen? Well, I can tell you, if you sustained a 1% incremental improvement on just one area of your life over the course of a year, you'd be 37 times better by next year, the same time. And if you maintain that over two years, you might think, wow, I'll be 74 times better, but that's not what would happen. You'd actually be 1400 times better. You see, because it works in a compound way, it's not just a straight addition. And if you did that for five years, you'd literally be 76 million times better than when you started. Now, is that a realistic thing? Maybe not, but when you have that in mind, 
a realistic thing is knowing that you can improve each and every day by 1%. Because those good habits, those good practices, those good strategies that you in, embark upon, they don't add up. They compound. So this year, my friends, and as you're leaving this today, as, as you leave this experience with AGC, AGC, I want you to think about what's at least one thing that you could commit to being 1% better each day at in 2021. Just one thing. And, and, as, you're, and as, you're, as we're embarking on this journey, what is your vision for 2021? And what is the way that you can really be to make sure that becomes a reality? What are the obstacles that might come about and what's your plan for dealing with them? Specifically, how can you continuously feed yourself positive ways of being in your mind, specifically through empowering questions? And then once again, what, a, what is at least one powerful thing you can commit to being 1% better each day to make this the best year of your life?